This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. Before we get started in today's episode, this episode does deal with the subject matter of mass murder, gun violence, workplace violence, stuff like that. And and just after the last couple weeks after this last school shooting, it might be still fresh in everybody's minds. We at the FBI basement uh, will... Uh, be reviewing this episode, Blood, in the context in which it aired in the 90s, mostly. Uh, we'll re- we try to keep it into that situation and not really related to the current epidemic of gun violence. It is kind of telling, however, that the big cultural touchstone for mass shootings in 1994 was an incident that took place almost 30 years prior, the uh, Charles Whitman shooting in Texas, and that massacre has somehow been eclipsed a dozen times over in the last 20 years so uh chew on that for a while anyway uh enjoy the episode fuck wayne lapierre and the nra bye what's up truth seekers and welcome back to the fbi basement oh did we leave no we're back now oh had to leave for a whole week. That was a long week, wasn't it? This you is have no idea. <laughs> that was the... This is the podcast where we are reviewing and watching every single episode of The X-Files from the 90s television wait, wait. to the new uh, revival. Every episode, though? Every episode. Including the ones about Scientology? Tell me those exist. I am going to tell you that there is a strong chance that not the next episode or the one after that, but the one in between might actually be about Scientology. Okay, so uh, today we're going to be reviewing Blood, which is not about vampires. And should not be mistaken for Bad Blood, which will come later, and is about vampires. I am Todd, your host for today. Um, uh, We're down another person this week. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Unfortunately, uh, our usual co-host, Marissa, has been sent to the Viking hell uh, to uh, retrieve Stovacor. Stovacor has been sent to the uh, frozen Viking hell to uh, get uh, Fenrir. Fenrir. Fenrir, yes. But I am joined by uh, the Valkyrie herself, Shannon. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> And uh, apparently Loki had sex with a horse and the horse bore Valentine as a son. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. yeah that's you. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot, though. I think uh, Loki, Loki fucks horses a lot. Um, Loki gets down with a lot of animals. Likes- that's where I got this big D from. Yeah. Uh, we're here to host you. Uh, like I said, Marissa... Uh, Apparently uh, got hit with that big old nor'easter up there. So she I'm is, telling you, she's uh, again, she is currently in uh, the frozen Viking hell uh, has to do a battle with Jormungandr and so on and so forth. But uh, we're going to move on uh, without her for at least for the, at least this episode. Vanya, we where is she? <laughs> oh, she's she's off knitting something. Is she knitting a bag of dicks? She's going to kill you for saying knitting knitting. Before we get to the episode, we got to let you know that the FBI Basement Patreon page is still live, and you can get to it at patreon.com slash FBI Basement. 
even a donation of $1 per month will get you access to all sorts of uh, audio goodies. So a little bit of art from Marissa Leterio, a little bit of uh, some of our uh, hilarious outtakes. And and me shaming our dog for snoring like an old man. But uh, I have nothing to offer on this there Patreon. And, uh, we, we really love make, providing this show to you guys for free, uh, but we w- do uh, have to eat food. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Bullshit. We're not robots. I call bullshit. We are not robots. I am a robot. Beep, bop, boop. Uh, speaking of that, we do have, since we are Patreon supported now, uh, we don't have any sponsors, but we do have some fake sponsors. Uh, uh, no, no we're, I thought we were going to pretend they were real. I guess not. <laughs> Well, uh, this thanks week, for breaking kayfabe. Right. Well, this week we're going to be delivering our sponsor's message to you subliminally. We are going to deliver these subliminally to you, uh, directly to your mind. You won't even notice that they are there, though you may feel a compulsion from strange compulsions later. Oh, and everything might taste purple for a couple of days. Anyway, this is blood. It is the third episode of season two. Uh, written by the story was written by Darren Morgan. Yeah, it's the first Darren Morgan uh, story. He will become. We'll be seeing a lot more of him later. <laughs> uh, we will see a lot more of his episodes later, uh, and we will be seeing him again personally later, much later. Glenn Morgan and James Wong did the uh, screenplay, though. This was directed by David Nutter. <laughs> uh, originally aired on September thirtieth, nineteen ninety four. The episode opens in a postal sorting center. Which is like some cultural shorthand for you right there. Pennsylvania. Uh, A man named Edward Funch is uh, geeing in zip codes uh, as fast as they can come. (laughs) Oh, that is such a soul-crushing... The machine jams up. He tries to unhook it, uh, but cuts open his finger, which seems to upset him quite uh, very much. (laughs) Yeah, he gushes. Like that is that that is a lot of blood. Um, did somebody say we've got a bleeder, or was that just in my head? I think that was just subliminal, but it should have been. <laughs> uh, his boss not- his boss comes up behind him and notices the cut and says, "No, nah, it's just a paper cut. You're fine, but pal, I gotta get talk to you." Oh. Turns out Edward Funch is about to have a really lousy day. He's just being told that he's uh, being let go by the by the post office. The um, same scene played out last job I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how it is. Cutbacks. Oh. And you're the low man on the totem pole. And I, I have so many questions about that, actually, which is like, it's like, I know it's hard for you to be here, and especially when you're going to lose this job and blah, blah, blah. What? What the hell, man? Why? But he says, stay on until the end of the week. Uh, and they gives him a small envelope of about a hundred bucks that the um, uh, rest of the staff pulled together. Which I feel like is a fuck you. That's that's like a fuck you. It's like, nope, sorry, we can't get you your pension. But here you go. And it's like, really? Really? You you suck. Like, thanks, guys. Thanks. I, I feel really cared for. He, the, he goes back to work, which like you probably should never do when you're, t- when you're just been fired. You know what? When you've been told that you've got like a week left on the job, it's okay to go take a cigarette break, even if you don't smoke. Just go take your five minutes. He's back on the machine, and the uh, LED display on the machine begins uh, displaying some very interesting messages. <laughs> feed me a stray kitten wait no uh, 
Oh, when the, when the redneck robot comes to fruition <laughs> is finally sentient. <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> kill, kill, die, die. Yeah, that's kind of that's sort of where I was going in my head too. And that takes us to the opening theme. Da 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 da. da. It's just not the same, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I also like that all the male voices were doing the weird high pitch, and I'm like doing that weird underlay thing. Not at the Franklin Civic Center, a middle aged man is uh, in a crowded elevator. People just keep piling on in. And obviously this guy is rather uncomfortable. He doesn't look particularly happy now. He looks up to the, uh, once again, one of those LED displays that tells you what uh, floor you're on. And all of a sudden, some more interesting messages come through. Subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) No air. Can't breathe. Kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) The South shall rise again. Like, that's the next thing it needs to be saying, right? (laughs) I should be allowed to say to say the N word. <laughs> A little digital Confederate flag. <laughs> yeah, and then just that meaty file, right? Of Dixie plays. Oh. The scene cuts away to Mulder arriving uh, much later, where apparently that guy killed the everybody in the uh he followed the advice of the like weird digital screen, like and killed everybody with his bare hands, and then and then apparently uh, himself committed suicide by cop. Wow, good job, man. Good job. Is at this point I was like, this cop has a lot of lines. Uh, there's a reason, actually. <laughs> um, I was like, this guy Sheriff just keeps Spencer. talking and talking. Uh, yeah, that is uh, some John Kaigan, right? Am I pronouncing the name right? I don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, it, he's actually, quite frankly, a fairly prolific uh, voice actor up until his death last year. Best known as Solid Snake, by the way. That is the voice of Solid Snake. In the Metal Gear games? In the Metal Gear games. And I think he's a couple of, like, I think I may have just blown his face off in the world of Warcraft as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, here he is playing Sheriff Spencer, and he has called Mulder in. Apparently, this was... Uh, Part of a, uh, a uh, apparently this is this uh, the latest in a string of violent workplace uh, outbursts that have that have hit Franklin, Pennsylvania in the last few months. It just doesn't seem so- like something normal. But none of the people seem to be related or know each other. This is a small town, mostly you know based on uh, most of these people are cherry pickers. <laughs> Literally, it's ba- the whole town is based off of. Berries. Like, yeah, it's uh, that's a significant thing to say, and I think it's like, yeah, there's a line. It's like, uh, what would be, what would bring people to do this? Probably not drink. Yeah, and it's like he says, it's like nobody drinks. There's no fights. There's no crimes. And I'm like, you know, fuck you. Yeah, they certainly don't do drugs. Well, what about uh, you know, you know rise or you know, psychotropics or something? You know, you know, uh, I I live in a small rural town, and uh, everybody does drugs. Yeah, there's like a drug. And they're like yeah, a drug well, store, like a they call it a pharmacy, but it's full of drugs. Well, there is also that. I, I just it's like there's nothing to do. Everyone is on meth. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it, it it's this 
you know, oh no, small towns are safe. No, here's the thing about that is yes, statistically speaking, um, small town crime is generally lower. You have a higher chance of of knowing who's going to kill you. You well, that like that's the other thing is it's like. But that being said, because of small towns and how small towns usually are, uh, sociologists have a tendency to think they're just as violent as urban or suburban areas because I'm not going to report it. Well, there's an interesting thing here um, uh, in terms of this has all been workplace violence, mostly. It's all been uh, sudden outbursts, spree killings. And it's very telling that the first scene we had was in a post office. Uh, yeah, because we're about to get into some background here. Little fact, did you know that um, uh, apparently there was a massive string of postal workers just snapping and, commit- and committing workplace violence throughout the 80s and 90s? Yes, I did. And it got so I completely know about this. And it, and it, and it was so co- widely covered and became so prevalent that they actually opened up like a Senate committee to figure out, like, why are the postal workers killing each other? Well, what they were finding is high turnaround, high stress and a high level of depression within United States postal workers. And they couldn't figure out why. So they had to do this investigation and then they had morality officers and then they realized it was too expensive. So they fired all the morality officers, the morale officers, the morale officers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, I made the note that it is in December 17th in the St. Petersburg time where the term going postal shows up. The end. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! <laughs> and uh, so this was still very fresh in people's minds in 1994. And once again, this was, this is an episode that uses a lot of coding, a lot of cultural shorthand. There is some serious cultural sh- shorthand. Like, I do remember our postman, not our current one, who is super chill. Oh my god, we have the chillest postal worker on our street ever. Uh, but the one before literally did have a bumper sticker to say, back off, I do work at the post office. I had little bullet holes in the bumper hmm. sticker. I'm like, ah! Mulder inspects the inside of the elevator and notices that the uh, floor display has been smashed. <laughs> And he looks like he wants to die. This is another episode where Mulder is just the most depressed person I've ever seen. Well, I think like, at least I'm not doing wiretaps again. It's like <laughs> he is trying to draw this out as long as possible because he is going to have to go back to those wiretaps. Uh, Scully back at Quantico is reading over Mulder's report and looking really pregnant. Really, really pregnant. Once again, these epi- in these uh, episodes, you're going to notice that Scully doesn't actually do much, <laughs> mainly because, you know, she is eight months along and ready to pop at this point. And this baby is like, well, I think you described you, you gave the weight a couple episodes ago and he was the baby was huge. Yeah, Piper was not a small child. Piper Maru, uh, too. And probably wrecked the place on the way out. So uh, maybe I don't know. I, I they, yes, I do often speculate about Julian Anderson's vagina. Um, it's just something I do as a fan of vaginas and the X Files. I, I thought I needed to clarify there. Baby, uh, Mulder pulling the wallpaper down. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I, if I understand it, Julian Anderson's not a very big woman. She is shorter than I am, and I'm super short. And wow. uh, that baby was not. Now, uh, when it comes to mass murder in the 90s at least there were generally two types seen there were spree killers and there were serial killers and Mulder believes that the franklin incidents which numbered at this point seven incidents with 22 dead <laughs> that uh, spree killers typically just are the type that just snap but 
none of the suspects are the type that would um, uh, fit any kind of profile, and all of them have, you know, ended up dead in their own areas here. So there, there's yet to be a survivor. Oh, right. She's reading the report, and he says something crazy, and it's all sort of weird 90s uh, serial killer, like, mass shooting kind of stuff. But again, how many had we had at that point? And now we're looking at like the cultural touchstone that we're going to get to in a little bit is like the fifth worst shooting in American history at this point. And I like that Scully's like, yeah, wait a minute. Oh, there it is. There's his crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like he does mention the changing in behaviors is reported amongst uh, alien abductions, but he doesn't seem any other thing to suggest that aliens are there. So that's an interesting look at Mulder's mind right now. Aliens are on his mind constantly. Except here, it doesn't seem to be the case. No, that is true. No, he's on to this one for another reason. He's like, it's not aliens, it's got to be drugs. He's easier to sniff it out. Though he does note that an electronic device was present at every incident so far. <sighs> and, uh, in the 90s, like, you know, there was This still, is, yeah, I mean, like, okay, it, so, yeah, sure. yeah, we're, I mean, we're two years away from me having an actual cell phone in the 90s, but yeah, this is... This is the point where they were, you know, everyone had something. I, for God's sakes, I had a Tamagotchi. <laughs> Look down at your Tamagotchi's telling you to kill. Yours did that, right? You know what? I, I actually, here's the thing. I had, I didn't have like a licensed Tamagotchi. I actually had like an off-brand. You had the off-brand Tamagotchi. I had an, an off-brand Tamagotchi that was like, I, I intentionally got the one that was in Japanese because I'm worthless Oda. And it did actually flash weird things at me from time to time. Like, but I would also torture it. I was maybe slightly, I, I was a middle school sadist when it came to my Tamagotchis. So my virtual pet. So, uh, yeah, I think it might've actually said kill, but I also don't, I didn't speak Japanese in middle school. So I had, uh, the, the Digimon one and you could, uh, fight with your friend. Oh gosh. Build them up and then you push them together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Like you try not fighting. to get beat up in uh, gym class while you're doing it. Really Cockfighting, cool. basically, right? Digital cockfighting. <laughs> uh, I, I I specifically <laughs> remember being told, like, I specifically remember that they told us we were not allowed to bring our virtual pets to school. You win this fighter, you're on half rations for a week. Oh, man. Like, the world's a better place that I didn't know what Pokemon were. That night, uh, a woman named Bonnie... <laughs> comes She's in. my favorite guest star, by the way. <laughs> She comes into an auto shop to pick up her, her car. She seems very nervous around this grease monkey, though the grease monkey doesn't really help his situation at all. That is like Just a, being generally creepy. Like or, that is it is literally the setup to a porn. Like it is set up for a humiliation porn right funny there. Funny that you should say and that. And it because... is funny that I say that. And I think I said that to you. And then we looked up who is playing Bonnie, who is Ashlyn Greer, who uh, was a porn star who was actually still making porn at the time. Yeah, she's also in willard she is the landlady in willard but uh when uh darren morgan and james wong remake that with uh, crispin glover who is creepy as fuck just by existing but yeah at the time she is making porn in fact if you go to her imtb page it's like oh i think she kind of took the tracy lord's path right she went she went from porn to horror yeah she did except tracy lords actually did it slightly more successfully anyway uh she is being uh shown what was wrong with her car apparently she had smashed the um uh clock display on her car on her car stereo and but he also showed was showing another problem we were having and then those funny messages started appearing on the diagnostic screen <laughs> make me a sandwich 
overthrow the patriarchy. Wait, no, yours it, it is is that not what? Because that's what mine is saying. Like that's what my my phone is saying right now. Oh wait, no, never mind. That's just my my daily reminders. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's like it's set up like it's clearly like this is going towards. Well, they basically yeah. the, the 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 display warns her that the mechanic is going to rape her. Yeah. <laughs> and she reacts by you know beating like, his brains out with a tire iron. Why is that the way of look? Um, why was that her reaction? I I understand it's the fear and blah 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 and all of this crap, but it's like you know. He doesn't have her pinned up somewhere. She doesn't have to fight for her life. She could run. Well, I guess she couldn't. Not in those heels. Oh, no. She doesn't beat his brains out. She stabs him with an oil funnel. Yeah. Well, and like I said, to be fair, and I guess I, I, I understand in those heels, you probably couldn't run away. So I, I understand. Although I think her heels would have been a more effective weapon. The next morning, Sheriff Spencer and Mulder come and question her after... After some of the worst subterfuge to hide a crime I've ever seen in an episode of anything. And I sat through, like, the first four seasons of Law & Order. Like, Like, she steals. Like, I think if I'm correct, she steals, like, the little slip that's like, oh, she was never here, but she signed for it. And, like, eh. It's really funny in that uh, scene, she says, okay, I need to make my breakfast. Is that okay? And she takes a whole bag of English muffins and puts it in the microwave. The whole fucking bag. That's right. I like the, no, I like the fact that she says she's late for work, but she's still like. She's like, I'm late for work, but breakfast. she's making breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck does that? You're late for work. You know, just grab a Pop-Tart and go. <laughs> that's, that's why they make Pop-Tarts. That's why they make cereal bars. It's not like you're going to sit down and eat make your... yourself a McMuffin or something like that. <laughs> no one is going to spread jam on an English muffin when they're they, late they for work. They stop by to talk to her, and uh, Mulder notices that the reason that uh, there was another smash electronic display, the microwave display starts telling her that Mulder is totally aware that she killed <laughs> someone last night, and she knows. He knows. Kill them all. She do, 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 of course do, do, flips do. out and flips out and comes at him with a knife and is this where, is, shoots her in the face. Is this where we just sit there and like we had to stop it and laugh because she tries to attack them with a bread knife? Yeah, it wasn't like a, it, when I say it kitchen knife, when I say a kitchen knife, it's not like you know, it's, it's not, not like, like the, it's not like a like the like a like a, a chef's knife or something. It's like not that. like you know the classic it, like serial killer knife that you the pull long up. serrated bread knife. The, the one that you use to saw through the bread, right? Like, it's not worth cutting anything that isn't bread. Well, you could use it for tomatoes. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could get a good a good neck cut on someone. Get them right in the jugular. I think yeah. you would have to put a lot of pressure into it. You if can't you knew, stab. You can saw. If you knew yeah. what you were doing. If you knew what you were doing here. Uh, I, I don't think she did. She's already killed <laughs> once. She's she's already proved that she, she's a true killer. <laughs> well, now she's dead. Because Sarah Spencer shot her in the face. Yeah, he looks over. He's like, no, because he knew he was going to shoot her. And like, he was just going to, it's a bread (laughs) knife. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And this isn't even the best episode with acting in it. Oh, no. (laughs) No, there will be better ones. But yeah, it's. Mulder and Scully, uh, Quantico Scully performs an autopsy on McRoberts's body. Because, you know, that's just like her like jam. That's It's like, ah, Boo still loves me. He sent me a body. You know, it's not the worst thing that she, uh, Ashlyn Greer has ever done on her back. I would say rimshot, <laughs> but also phrasing. 
But yeah, yeah, she's pretty excited to do that autopsy though. Scully is always excited to put dead bodies, even if they're porn stars. You ever think she leaves gifts inside the bodies for her to open up like a present and be like, "Oh, left me a, a bar of chocolate inside." It's like a Kinder's <laughs> egg, right? <laughs> she discovers how did you put that in there? And she discovers high levels of adrenaline, uh, signs of psychological trauma, and the same green substance found in the elevator killer. Oh, did we mention that there was green shit that they found in the elevator killer? Because I forgot. Yeah, that seemed kind of glossed over earlier. Thanks, X-Files. She she speculates the substance, which combined with uh, neurochemicals, produces an LSD-like reaction. No, this is not how this works. (sighs) Does it? I mean, I don't There's do drugs. That's why I'm asking. Synthetic uh, lysergic acid, NMB2E. It's a, it's, it's kind of like LSD, but you can actually overdose on it. Oh. And if, you act, if you were to take a high enough dose of it, or even possibly mix it with other forms of acid, your extremities turn black due to vascular constriction, and you can actually lose limbs. So uh, I highly advise anyone who's actually interested in LSD to test their, their shit first. Buy a tester on Amazon. So thank so, you for that mini medicinal mass Yeah, I was about to say, did the, did the basement just become the medicinal mass <laughs> podcast for like a minute there? Nope, totally a legit thing. I don't know if LSDM is a real thing. There's probably a couple more uh, you know, chemical and I, chains on it. I think that that would be correct. And also, I would point out to our panel and our listeners at home, Keep this shit in mind when we get to the end of the season. Right. While Mulder and Scully are working on building a case, uh, we return to Ed Funch, whose life is a uh, just a montage of humiliation and degradation. I feel like a dog pooped on his lawn right in front of him, and he stepped in it before this this moment. And then this, like he goes to the local, basically Walmart, or I guess it's not even a Walmart. It's like it looks uh, like a Circuit City. Looks like. <laughs> It does. It looks like <laughs> it looks like an old circuit oh, city. Circuit city. I was gonna remember. say I was gonna say roses, but nobody outside of the southeast knows what that is. No, it looks like a circuit city to me. And he's trying to find a job, and of course they're not hiring at the moment. I seem to recall she is not pleasant about it either. The person he speaks to, I think it's a female, who's just like, no. But uh, who is there? The giant neon gun sign? No, the Red Cross is there. Oh, uh, right. Trying to get people to go on through the blood drive, which seems to just upset him. He turns to a display of televisions that start d- showing clips, I think, that Bono used to do in a YouTube in, It's in certainly YouTube It certainly like, looked like Zoo Station to me. Uh, like It looked like a Zoo TV. It was like yeah. Charles Manson and the way Waco Siege and, and uh, Reginald Denny and Rodney King, I think, or Reginald Denny and Rodney King getting the, the shite beat out of him. And it's like, yeah, it, it kind of looks like the start of Nam on the zoo on the zoo TV tour. You're right. Um, oh, by the way, this is after, of course, the he, the ATM machine tells him to kill again. Yeah, yeah. Gonna take the take the gun, and I was waiting for it, and then it said, "Kill them all again." <laughs> Which is not my favorite Metallica album. That's, I will say, is not. Master of Puppets is, but... The, uh, the, the TVs tell him to look behind him for, to solve the problem. And then there's this... <laughs> then it looks down right into the sporting goods, looks down the aisle, and there's this big red neon sign that says, Guns! And it might as well just be like, you know, and right there, it almost feels like the Star Spangled Banner should be playing, or... <laughs> God, Stars and Stripes Forever. That's Battle the Hymn of the Republic or something like that. I wasn't going to go guns. with that. <laughs> I, I was going to go with Stars and Stripes Forever, which is, you know, the. 
yeah that one i it was like yeah america that's that that's the most american thing i've seen in an episode of the x-files ever later on Mulder is getting his jog on because oh, you know yeah. maintain because maintaining that that figure of his takes a lot of work uh, i'm just impressed that he is still wearing clothes like i i would have thought by that much sweating he would have been naked but he notices a city worker in a, in a cherry picker style truck thing dumping out a shovel full of dead flies into the curb yeah what was the deal with that i believe we will get to it when we get to the lone gunman i don't know why they're dumping them on the curb like that that's just fucking stupid but yeah he takes a sample to uh the lone gunman back after for the first time since ebe did we miss these guys i miss these guys we miss these guys Byers, frohickey and langley are here uh i know that i love that these guys were initially uh only supposed to appear in ebe and only really supposed to appear to make Mulder seem a bit more credible yeah they're supposed to make him look less crazy and we need to dial back the crazy on Mulder. let's just get some guys let's give him like poker buddies who are just as crazy as he is they suggest that the flies have been sprayed with lsdm a pesticide that invokes a fear response in insects is this where they tried to get uh Mulder to trade scully's number for a vial of it so he could trip his ass off yes yeah, this is where Frohickey is trying to get Scully's number. And you know, like immediately, like the cutout scene is Scully answering her phone and it's Frohickey. And then she's pissed. Just get me a lock of her hair. God damn it, Mulder. This is the fifth time I've changed my number. And it's like, you know, it's like he's trying to get her hair for his waifu pillow, too. Like, you attach the hair to the body pillow. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because it, it strikes me that these these three, maybe not buyers, but certainly Langley and Frohickey are the kind of guys I would have seen at a convention in the 90s who would have told me that I was reading just the worst Joshi. I was like Joshi Puru trash because I was reading Sailor Moon. Right. <laughs> And how dare I like Sailor? I'm pretty sure Frohickey has a favorite anime. We'll I am pretty sure he would have also told me to not watch the American cuts of Sailor Moon because it got rid of the lesbians. Subbed, not dubbed. It doesn't have a lesbian, so it's not the good guy. Not yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I may have some fan trauma of the nineties. So Sailor Moon has lesbians in it. Yes, it does. Sailor, yeah, Sailor uh, Neptune and her quote-unquote cousin. Getting back to the episode. <laughs> steering this boat back. <laughs> what? Hanakara and Michikuru are together. They love each other. And one of them is genderqueer. Anyway. Oh, wait, is this where they're the... watching the video? And I basically assume that they are watching the 1973 cult classic the crazies which by the way is the entire plot of this fucking episode well, they do show him a video of, of uh troops being gassed with various different things yeah it's like it basically is the plot like it's like i think they're watching the crazies so uh Mulder goes late at night to investigate a cherry orchard <laughs> where a uh where he gets north by northwested by a uh, crop duster <laughs> and so the drug trip begins <laughs> sprayed down by uh <laughs> It's not a plane; it was a helicopter. So, uh, but he—I didn't realize that you cro you dusted crops with helicopters. I did not know this. I think that it would be difficult to do with a helicopter, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it. it this is not how this works because it, us Americans know how to do it. Oh my god! I guess it was just too expensive to rent a plane that day. 
Uh, Mulder is taken to the hospital where uh, the town mayor, I guess, has to has to explain some of the. Uh, is this where we end up in the Jaws moment of the episode, basically? Where it's like, well, he has to sort of cop to the uh, to spraying the pesticides without anybody knowing, and and it's literally like uh, it's just. It, and it while th- this is all going on, Mulder looks up to the TV and says, the, "Use the word, do it." <laughs> it the, like he's watching the worst fucking Nike ad you've ever seen, right? <laughs> But it's like, no, do it now, which is like, which I guess the um, uh, corporate catchphrase for Nike at the time. It's just do it. But they're playing on it for like some sort of gym that he's looking at. He's like subliminal messages, because, of course, it's a subliminal message. Okay, city spokesperson uh, Larry Winter, who is denying that the um, uh, spraying takes place, though they can't really deny it since Mulder took a face full of it at this point. Mulder suggests suggests that the victims who have snapped so far are phobic of something and pussies because he's barely seeing any visuals. And uh, <laughs> that they may be that they may also be triggered by subliminal messages, which is where the crazy really starts ramping up here. This because is where it clears the room. Subliminal messages uh, relating to their phobias specifically. So wait, what is Mulder's phobia then? Or does is I thought just, it was fire. I it, this is the thing. If there is a like, Mulder has phobias, why the fuck are they not being played? This is like an opportune time, guys, and yet. Oh, you're expecting consistency? I know. I'm asking a lot from a TV show that I spent a lot of time watching. I know. Apparently, Bonnie from earlier was very much, I guess, uh, afraid of men. And and being raped. And you know what? That is a perfectly normal thing to be afraid of. But the you... gentleman in the elevator might have been claustrophobic. I believe it. Claustrophobia, by the way, is one of the most common phobias for human beings to have. And so that makes you wonder what kind of hell for poor Ed Funch is, t- is facing. Yeah, those with the most annoying uh, blood takers in the world. Like, stop fucking knocking on the door. It's annoying. Uh, the Nazi art. Yeah, the Nazi bloodletting there. Give us your blood. Like, seriously, have you know, like every person who seems to be like drawing blood has like the fascist armbands. Yeah, we've come to take your blood. Yeah, it's it's, it's super crazy there. Spencer finally pressures Winter to stop the chemical spraying, which he agrees to as long as they don't ever have to admit that the chemical spraying happened. Yeah, I, I, what? <laughs> like, but they're going to have to do testing, which they're going to disguise as a cholesterol study. Because that makes sense. Like this, none of this shit, like now. So they basically canvass the whole town with this. <laughs> see, it, maybe it is just that I grew up in this town, but it's like, I could literally see somebody knocking on the door in like, in our hometown, in our town right now. And being like, we're here to do a cholesterol thing. And being answered with one of two things, which is get off my property. I ain't doing no government thing. So you can have my DNA or they will invite that poor phlebotomist in and that person has to somehow diagnose every mental or physical problem that may or may not exist. Well, here's the fun. Okay. So they, they first start advertising these uh, blood people coming. And of course, Ed Funch is watching this as he realizes that they will be coming to him soon. He starts shitting his pants and looks back over to the brand new rifle. <laughs> That is sitting behind him. That's a bolt action rifle. Isn't On it? an altar, basically. <laughs> bolt action rifle with like enough ammunition to do a lot. Like, you know, <laughs> there is going to be some 
500 deer in Kevlar vests. Yeah, it's oh, Jesus. When uh, Ed Funch's name comes up on a list of untested individuals, uh, Mulder and Scully decide that they need to go and check it out. Uh, when they get to Funch's house, the doorbell has been torn off. Uh, <laughs> It's just the most ridiculous thing. Oh. And of course, the TV started telling him to get violent, right? Yes, of course it did, because that's how this works. The buzzer was in <sighs> Morse. Uh, it's, it is some of the, yeah, it's like, I don't, wh- why? Why would you do this? Like He waited for the person to stop buzzing it, leave, and he went out there, ripped it off, and then he packs up his shit. Uh, uh, yeah, like, you would think this would have been the start of the killing spree, but no, no, he politely waited for her to leave, but then I think it's also... Mulder <sighs> realizes that um, uh, the, the nurse who was collecting the blood samples had been to that house earlier today, and Mulder realizes that blood was Ed's phobia. And uh, seeing the empty rifle case sort of triggers Mulder to recognize that some violence is about to happen. But where? Uh, the University of Texas, Austin, basically. Well, he's getting on the bus heading toward the hospital first. He is warned by the fare meter that the police are waiting for him there. He tells the driver to stop the bus and he says, hey, wait for the next stop. Gets very, very insistent with him. Which is generally when bus drivers kick you off. By the way, they try to catch him on the bus as, you know, the fare meter tried to warn him as they did. When the driver says he let Funch off at the university, which is where they are happen to be having the blood drive. Funch arrives at the um, uh, thing and spies the campus clock tower. Ah, because every... Oh, yeah. Mulder arrives, and uh, soon shots are ringing out from that clock tower. And it's like, this is almost painful for him to do. Every time he takes a shot, he doesn't want to look at it and see the blood coming from him. So it's sort of like, it's like he, Funch is in a particular hell because he's getting violent impulses, and yet he has a severe aversion to what would be one of the natural outcomes of violence, blood, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... Pretty yeah. much. They, they did a pretty spot on uh, job of making him seem like he's having a really bad trip because that's kind of portrayed it pretty, pretty spot on for the paranoia you feel for almost every other individual. Yeah, it's I, I will certainly I would like to give credit to uh, William Sanderson, who is, by the way, uh, Ed Funches. And is it Ed Funch? Yeah, Ed Funch. Ed Funch in this, who is just he's all over the place. He's one of those guys who's been in almost everything. He was in Deadwood. Uh, he was in. Uh, True Blood for uh, he was Sheriff Bud Dearborn in that and he is also uh, the voice of Dr. Rosam and a couple of the best episodes of uh, Batman the Animated Series like he is the uh, so uh, he's just a wonderful actor all around and yeah it's like this this is a true hell and you really get it from this scene it's also a really spot on recreation of Whitman uh, Charles Whitman's uh, Tower Master yeah yeah uh, even nope. to the point of where uh, Mulder and the sheriff, is it the sheriff it's, or is it just Mulder? I'm sorry. I'm almost as bad as you are at this point. The Scully's back at the hospital. Not yeah. And much. so, I mean, like literally this is actually a, uh, uh, the exclusion of Mulder actually talking him down. This is, I mean, that's basically exactly from uh, witness reports. Of you know, what's Charles not Whitman. spot on is that rifle. Cause when he dropped it, that scope would have, uh, he didn't actually hit anyone, did he? I don't think so. I, or if he did, he certainly didn't kill anybody. When I was watching this episode, I swear to God, it was like uh, <laughs> it was like straight out of the Squidbillies. Every single cop in that town looked like the guy who had the <laughs> main cop role. <laughs> they all clones and shittier clones of him. <laughs> Damn it, Denny! He's our boss. I'm making change. 
<laughs> yeah. So, no, it's like, but, but okay. Mulder goes up to uh, try and take him down. He cuts his wrist on the way up, or, or arm, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, so, or earlier when the yeah, when, he bleeds. He starts bleeding. Cut him with the butter knife. With the bread knife, he got the. Oh, okay. So it was a defensive wound. Yeah, it was the defensive wound off, from right? the bread okay. knife. <laughs> he goes up and tries to get talk him down. If you shoot me, there's going to be blood. <laughs> when he sees the blood from Mulder's wrist. Uh, he flips out and Mulder's able to knock the gun away and overpower him. The Funch is carried away on a, um, uh... Top men. He's carried away to be inspected by top men. Or just on a, on a stretcher. For top men. Shut up. Top men. I think this guy must have been a, uh, a crip at his former life. <laughs> He's sad. Yeah. When Mulder, t- when Mulder tells Spencer that he wants access to Funch for questioning, Spencer replies that Mulder probably knows more about Funch's episode than he does. <laughs> Mulder puts a uh, Mulder puts in a call for Mulder puts in a call for Scully and but the reception becomes fizzy. Fizzy? Fuzzy. Fizzy. I like fizzy. Uh when Mulder looks down into his phone to display of those old you know remember those old Nokia bad boys? Oh my god, the like the brick, the Nokia brick, like the mid version brick, yes. Those I think that's actually probably forever. a Motorola. It's probably a Moto. Yeah, it's Motorola. Oh god, but why it does do I know display this? the message all done? Bye-bye. The call goes through to Scully, and Scully calls for Mulder's name and repeatedly. Mulder? He just sits there and stares at his phone. Mulder! His LSDMH shit. Mulder! He got ripped off. Mulder! (laughs) How do you butt dial me on a flip phone? Mulder! (laughs) Um, Getting your money back from the hippie at the festival. Man, I just, I hope Mulder hydrated after that. I really do. And it does make me question the rest of the season. For reasons. So many reasons. This one was all right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it wasn't great. Wasn't, uh, it's it's not a good episode. It's not, it's not a bad, it's not space. Um, like, wasn't bad. Like, I, uh, the, the X-Filey part, I think I liked about it was if they were actually linking it to some person who is sending these subliminal messages somehow specifically to these people try and do that it would be interesting maybe they had like kill them all set on an auto dialer to go out electronically somewhere well, it, but they I, would it, actually do it if you were drugging a, a town and they had lsd like trips going on and you were to to freak them out like that yeah yeah, you definitely have some killings going on. But it doesn't seem to go any beyond. It doesn't seem to really. They don't really go beyond the suggestion of subliminals. Uh, no, they don't because it's, it sounds like Mulder's talking crazy and they all stop listening. Well, and this is the thing is it's like there is this major sort of issue that you run into. And it's like there's this giant kind of hole. And it's like, oh, oh wait, but. Uh, and it's something that you kind of run into until Darren Morgan actually gets to start writing scripts because his ideas are good, but they don't translate well unless he does it. And the most notable evidence of this, and we'll get to it, and it's a, it's one of the best episodes, I think, of, if it's not this season, certainly season three, uh, is Humbug. It is this season. Though. And that is the season. And that's a great episode, and it's concise and it's thought out, but it's sort of like there is this sort of you can't link the acid trip to the subliminal messages and it's just suggested i thought it would have been a big deal if the sheriff was actually in on whatever what was going on and but that would that would have been how i would have written it because he just seemed entirely too helpful he was way too present yeah just he's around too much what's this guy's angle but apparently nope nope it's the rich guy who's the city spokesperson i uh... 
Who do you think pays for your roads in these towns, sir? Damn it, Denny. He's our boss. Like, that's literally how that episode should have ended. Like, damn it, Mulder. He's my boss. Monster trucks and... (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and disseminate some quick information before we put this one to bed, folks. Uh, First off, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network. Valentine, you said you wanted to tell them about it. Head over to medicinalmass.com. Like, subscribe, share, join our Patreon. Just $1 gives you access to the Discord where you can be a special part of the basement. We lock you up and keep you forever. In the undisclosed location. No! No, damn it, no! Also, would like to send a shout-out to, even though she's not here, uh, Marissa Leterio at the Oddite Delight, her art. And I think it's like Facebook. Facebook.com slash ODD light. Yes. So I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm a terrible friend. There's uh, a link in every single episode if anyone else is wondering. Right. You can well. see her. She does commissions for very reasonable prices. She does a little bit of everything, a little pixel art, little uh, some hand-drawn stuff. Some Sometimes she even likes to try some sculpture. Uh, okay. If you like listening to us, you might like reading what my wife writes. Who's your wife? You. Shannon, S.C. Huff. Oh, yeah. I I write, uh, and you can go to schuffwrites.com or click on the the notes, uh, the links on this uh, page. I write books. I write books about fantasy. And uh, we'll be expanding. um, Or you can go to the Amazon. Or you can see me in person, places, and things. This weekend, this very coming weekend. Yes, this weekend, literally at the time of the airing of this episode, we will be on the road. We will be at Lexington Toy and Comic Con in Lexington, Kentucky, March 9th through the 11th. And we will be at the end of this month at Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. during Easter weekend. And then we don't have anything for a couple of months. Yeah. And... Then I cry and eat some sandwiches. Uh, And then we'll be at Indie Pop Con uh, in June, June 8th through the 10th. Oh, that's fun. And that's what I've got so far. I make no promises of things not changing. All right. So uh, that's what we've got going on uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, But what we got right now is the episode ratings. And I'm going to give this one one uh, shovel full of dead bugs. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, stray kitten. And an ATM. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. I liked this episode. Uh, give this one one heroic dose, which is five grams of dried uh, psilocybin cubensis. Damn. <laughs> that is damn. Wow, that's generous of you, Valentine. All right. So uh, that has been uh, Blood. Tune in next week when... Uh, tune in next week when Mulder gets a new partner and he also becomes my victim. I will be doing sleepless. Right. And that I, I will explain later. Until then, I am Todd for Shannon and Valentine, letting you know that we'll be back again every Thursday to deliver you the next episode of the X-Files. How about we just give them every episode of the FBI basement every Thursday? Right. We do that. And we will be back next Thursday. Until then, I am Todd. She's Shannon. He's Valentine. You are our loyal basement dwellers. And the truth is out there. Somebody bring air fresheners next time. All done. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, God. That makes me laugh every time. Subscribe to Patreon. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network.
Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. <laughs> Start again. I am a robot. Beep, bop, boop. Now do it slowly. 